listening to Law and Gospel on this last day of May, May the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Boy, Christmas is coming quickly. But what we do on Wednesdays, we kind of take a look at, oh, various studies. And right now we're taking a look at the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 21. Now, you may have a question and the way to email me, my new email address is tombaker at brick.net, B-R-I-C-K dot net, tombaker at brick.net. And we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 21. Now, why are we looking at the book of Proverbs? Because the book of Proverbs is giving us an insight as to how God thinks. So many people, particularly in the world today, have no understanding of how God truly thinks. And so the book of Proverbs, written by Solomon under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, attempts to reach out to his sons in giving them proper behavior. And this particular section of Proverbs, chapter 21, is about wise and foolish behaviors. That was introduced in chapter 19, verse 13, and goes through chapter 22, verse 16. So, even though it's in English, the translation... That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to understand it. Remember what Jesus did. We mentioned this multitude of times. He interpreted the scriptures for the disciples. They had read the Bible passages in the Old Testament about he was going to be crucified. He was going to be buried. He was going to rise from the dead. He was going to suffer greatly. He was going to be whipped, and many other things that happened to Jesus. Just take a look at Isaiah chapter 53. Well, in Proverbs 21, we've got a number of things that come from the heart of God. Verse 21 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Now, when you read the English, the first question that may come to your mind is, who is he who's turning it wherever he wills? These first three verses in Proverbs 21 all mention the name of God. Uh, Even in the English, the word Lord Each letter is capitalized, referring back to the word Yahweh that Moses heard from God on Mount Sinai at the burning bush. So this is the thought of God, that a king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. Remember when Israel had to go into the wilderness for 40 years? What was their first complaint? 
they did not have water. And so God had Moses hit a rock that split open enough water for all of the people of Israel. And what this is saying, this verse, is every leader is to do God's will, that the fountain of life is wisdom. And remember, as we've been going through the book of Proverbs, we've discovered that Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the one who brings us into a right relationship with God by the death and resurrection of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. And that's going to be important for this coming Sunday because it's Trinity Sunday. We, we could spend a whole sermon on looking at the attributes of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but that would not be a proper sermon because the sermon only becomes proper when it focuses on Jesus and his salvation for you. And that occurred from his incarnation to his suffering, to his crucifixion, to his resurrection and his ascension back into heaven. This is the king's heart can be a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. That's God turning the leader in the direction that he wants them to come. And that is because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that every leader has received in Jesus Christ. Now, verse 2 reminds us of the statement of the law. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Now, what does that mean? Have you ever done something that you did not consider appropriate in your own eyes? even if it was a sin. In other words, every way of a man, he considers to be right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. Now, what does that mean? Does he take a scale and weigh your heart on Judgment Day? No. What we're talking about here is that new heart that you received when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, or when you were baptized. Remember, David, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That is the work of the Holy Spirit to do that. So while sinful man regards everything he does as correct, in his own eyes, the Lord weighs the heart. What does that mean? He checks out the motives and weighs the actions behind those motives. So you can have 
two people who are giving food to the hungry. But one is doing it because of their love for Jesus Christ. The other is doing it because of their love for self. They want to look better in the eyes of others. They want to have a good reputation. That's what is meant that the Lord weighs the heart. So in every act that you do, God is weighing your heart to see if you have the proper motives. Now, a lot of times, you probably don't have the proper motives because you are a sinful human being. But when you recognize that, you repent of those improper motives, and guess what? God forgives you. That's the gift that you received when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the forgiveness of sins. And how many times do we have to remind you that what forgiveness means is that God no longer holds you accountable for your sin? Wow. That's what weighing the heart does. So verse 3 picks up on that. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, if somebody has been reading the Old Testament, that can be a very confusing verse because there's no doubt that God regards sacrifices are necessary. There's sacrifices where you give grain to God. Uh, we had Pentecost, which occurs 50 days after a wonderful event, namely the Passion, in which you give the first fruits to God. But are you doing that to make sure that God gives you the rest, or are you doing it because you want to be righteous and justice in his sight. So another way of translating verse three, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Well, to help you understand the Bible, you need to allow scripture interpreting scripture. So what's the verse I want to look at? It's 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Here's what Samuel says to the people. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And therefore... It is something that God is proud of, namely our obedience. Our obedience to God is something that God prefers instead of sacrifices. I mean, how many times do you give a donation to church with the hope that now you're going to get a lot more blessings from God? No, God doesn't work that way. 
you are going to get blessings from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit simply by trusting in Jesus Christ. So those first three verses talk about the Lord, the name of the Lord, about the Lord being a stream of water in the hands of a good leader, the Lord weighing the heart when a Christian does a good work, and doing righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. While we get back to the law, verse 4, haughty eyes and a proud heart the lamp of the wicked, are sin. Now, what does haughty eyes mean? Someone who has haughty eyes is someone who has big egotism. They like to think that they are really good in the eyes of others. And when they do that, they have an arrogant heart. That's a proud heart. That would be a good example of one of the growing areas in religion today, <clears throat> and that is the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, those who are not affiliated with any religion. What are you affiliated with? None. And they have haughty eyes and a proud heart. And that lamp of the wicked that they have within themselves is sin. This lamp of the wicked is really the work of Satan himself. Verse 5 of Proverbs 21. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Now, what is that saying from God's point of view? What he is saying is the plans of a hard-working person does lead to abundance. I enjoy watching YouTube, especially looking at what farmers do. I used to believe that a farmer, well, he sows seed at the beginning and then he rests for six months until it's time to reap the harvest. No way. He's fixing machines. He's putting other things on the harvest to make it grow abundantly. And the plans of a hardworking person can lead to abundance. But everyone who is hasty progresses only to poverty. We've got a saying about that. Haste makes waste. You rush to do something, and it really turns out terrible and ends up in poverty because you are not that trained. Most businesses fail within a year and a half after they are started because the people doing the business are unaware of what they need to do to keep it going. 
that takes advice from other business people. And so therefore, if you are hasty in what you're doing, it will only progress to poverty. Verse six, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. So there are people who make a fortune because of their lies. And even if they were hardworking, that leads to abundance because they are hasty and lying that the product becomes a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. That's how God regards sin. In fact, verse 7 is very, very interesting because it talks about that. The violence of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what is just. Now, what do they mean by the violence of the wicked? How many movies do you see where three robbers they rob a jewelry store. And then one of the robber gets the idea to keep all the jewels for himself. And he tries to get rid of the other robbers. See, the violence of the wicked sweeps them away. In fact, a better translation is the violence of the wicked drags them away. And the reason that's a better translation is that is found in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Uh, let me read that to you. Habakkuk is talking to the people. Lord, you make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet, so he rejoices and is glad. Now, what's Habakkuk talking about? Well, remember, the people of Israel turned away from God. Oh, they still did their worship. They still went to church and did their liturgy, but they no longer believed in God as they should have. And so God dragged them away. How did God do that? If you read the Old Testament, God dragged away his people by Babylon, a Gentile nation who dragged Israel into a long captivity. Why? Because they refused to do what is just. In the end, God punishes those who do evil. You may not recognize the punishment, but it will come. Therefore, you will protest because you're living in a relativistic world. What does that mean? It means because of evolution, Anything can be done, and you consider it to be right. 
because you make up your own mind what is right. But Proverbs 21 makes it very clear what is right in the eyes of God. And therefore, looking at the inspired book of Proverbs, we learn how God thinks. And that is a proper life of sanctification. In other words, people will protest when bad things happen to them. I didn't deserve that. How many times does a pastor hear from a member, why did God do that to me? I didn't deserve that. Well, the fact of the matter is, there is some sin that maybe had caused that. Or maybe there is no sin. Like the man born blind. Remember in John chapter 9? He was not born blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents. No, he was born blind so God could show how comforting is the message of Jesus Christ in bringing that blind man salvation. And therefore, as Jesus said, the real people who were blind in his day were the unbelieving Pharisees who thought they could see when in reality they could not. Going on to verse 9. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Wow. That's interesting. Why doesn't Solomon say in a house shared with a quarrelsome husband? Well, remember to whom he is writing. He's writing to his sons. His sons are not going to be married to men. They're going to be married to women. And he's making the point that Abraham made when he wanted Isaac to have a proper wife, not a quarrelsome wife. Now, the word quarrelsome doesn't mean that the wife will occasionally have an argument with the husband, but these are unjustified quarrels. And therefore, this verse is also found in chapter 25, verse 24. And so one could read it. The way of the guilty is crooked. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop. That means on the roof where the rain hits you and the wind than in a house shared with a quarrelsome spouse. Unjustified quarrels. That's what break many a marriage. And the final verse in Proverbs 21, the soul of the wicked desires evil, then his neighbor finds no mercy in his eyes. Have you ever experienced that? Where you know someone and they are somewhat evil. Uh, you may be at school and they want you to steal something and join with them, or maybe break into a car and steal it, 
or do a number of things that you know these are crooked and therefore they're evil in God's sight. And that's what a wicked person does. He craves evil. What does that mean? He pursues selfish self-interest. How many times do you see in a movie somebody is told to do something bad and they're not sure they want to do it? So what do they say? Well, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? They're, they're looking that they too will get out of something, even though it's bad in God's sight. In contrast to that, the neighbor is not merciful in his eyes towards such a person. I mean, would you allow such a person to babysit your children? Or would you buy a used car from them? Or would you get involved in a business deal with them? Of course not. Because you can see them desiring wicked evil, craving to do that. And you will find no mercy in the eyes of the neighbor towards such people. This happens in neighborhoods where neighbors end up with other neighbors that are really cruel and evil. And so you need at times to call the police to stop that evil and not let it go on to protect your family and your neighborhood. These are statements how God thinks Proverbs 21. Now, next week, we're not going to be looking at Proverbs. Hopefully, the week after, we will. But as you well know, this coming Sunday is Trinity Sunday, and we speak the Athanasian Creed. There's three creeds in the Holy Christian Church, and the Athanasian is the longest one. And we're going to take some time in going through it and helping you to understand what it means. Hopefully you'll say it in church on Sunday, and we'll go over it on Wednesday. I'm Tom Baker. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.